Are you a female entrepreneur who wants to make a bigger impact on the world? You're booked and busy and you love serving your clients, but your time is capped. You want to do more. You often wonder how you can help more people without spending so many hours on social media, repeating content that only a handful of people will see. Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Too Busy to Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast launch and system strategist, and I'm on a mission to help you create a podcast that connects and builds community with your audience and converts them into clients. Are you ready to leverage the power of your voice? Let's head into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today. Catherine Ann Baum, MBA, FCCA, is the founder and CEO of Depot and Where Ideas Launch. She's the wingwoman to your genius and a business resilience and organic growth consultant. As a strategic partner to leaders, she helps businesses design and embed effective strategies for responsible brand stewardship to deliver outcomes that favor a wider stakeholder view. In consulting, she supports sustainable business development, resilience, and business transformation projects. She's also a specialist in using LinkedIn to generate organic growth and impact. Catherine's podcast, Where Ideas Launch, helps leaders in all aspects of business take the first step to being more future relevant. Catherine, hello, and thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So to kick things off, I know we're here to talk about LinkedIn, but I would love it if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your story. It's tough to to figure out where to begin. I guess I'm going to start with um, when I moved to London. So I come from Trinidad and Tobago. We are considered a small island developing state um, and one of the countries in jeopardy for climate crisis. At the time when I moved to the UK, I was not thinking like this. I was not thinking about the threat that we all face with the climate change that we're facing now. But as I began to travel, go to places like Uganda, Uzbekistan, etc. for my work, I realized that I needed to be doing something more. I needed to be doing something personally in my own life, as well as making a greater impact and influence on people, understanding where small islands are coming from, where places under jeopardy are coming from. So I got into the sustainability space. Um, it wasn't my background, so my background is in finance. It's in things like business development, etc. And now that I'm working in this space, it's really opened my eyes. It's made me more humble but it's also made me see what potential we have to influence change everywhere we go. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that insight into your background. I would love to learn a little bit more about the communities. You mentioned that you founded some communities. Would you like to share some more information about those? Sure. So one of the communities that I'm in actually happened simply because of my podcast. So it's great that I'm on your podcast to talk about this. But I started Where Ideas Launch in October 2020. So this was six months into the pandemic lockdown. And I knew I wanted to start a podcast, but I didn't really understand the whole process. I got a bit of training and then I just launched into it. And I started to share my podcast in a number of sustainability communities. And one lady, she had founded her community in February 2020. It had grown incredibly well, up to 500 people at the time that I joined her group. And she was beginning to feel as if she could no longer add value to the people who were joining the community because she was not a business development specialist. 
but it was called Women in Sustainable Business. So when I joined and she heard my podcast, she was like, I think you're just the person I've been looking for to come and help me with this group. I actually don't want to run it anymore. So if you want it, the group is yours. So I took over the responsibility of this group at 500 people, and it's now grown to 3,600 people in just around a year. And it's all women who are interested in this topic of sustainability, who are doing things in their business models, in the types of products that they make, because they're product sellers as well as social sellers and, and social media managers, etc., but they're all trying to do something positive. So they're all trying to learn more about things like their digital footprints or even the actual product footprint that they're having. And this has been, it's been an incredible feeling of accomplishment as well to be able to help them. But also the community has been so powerful in supporting each other and making sure that we all grow. It's been incredible as an experience. So that's the biggest one of the communities that I have. And I also have a following on Instagram for the podcast. So they're around 1,300 people who follow us on Where Ideas Launch on Instagram. And also on LinkedIn, I've built a following of something like 5,600 people on LinkedIn on the back of both my consulting work, my former career, and the podcast. So it's been an incredible way to sort of see your impact in real life. Yes, that is an amazing story. And one that you shared with me before, and I'm so happy that you shared it here today because a lot of our listeners, of course, are thinking of starting a podcast and a lot of people naturally think that they should do so to, you know, grow their business through attracting leads. But this is a prime example of if you are someone who just wants to make an impact, your podcast can open those doors for you. You know, you joined a group to be part of a community. And then before you knew it, you are the leader of that community. And I just think that is such an amazing story. So thank you so much. And for anyone listening, a podcast can open so many doors. It's not just about growing your business through clients. It's anything. Open your mind, think as far as you want to think and just make it happen. So thank you so much for sharing that. So you are a woman of many talents, as you have just shared with us, a background in finance, now moved into the sustainability space, but you also, you're an expert on LinkedIn with over 5,000 connections. So you've been on LinkedIn for quite a while, have you? I have, I have. So I, I started when I became aware that my personal brand would be important. This was when I was thinking about starting the business, but not quite ready. So I was finishing an MBA in France and I was in a, in a session about personal development and, and everyone was talking about, you know, you really need to build that professional network, et cetera. So I started on LinkedIn to sort of build that network, but I was also interested in writing anyway. So I'm someone who likes to write long form pieces, et cetera, which is why the podcast also made sense. So I started writing articles on LinkedIn, which were getting some good traction at the time. And then the, the algorithms change as they do. But I became quite uh, known on the community for contributing good content. And I started to build my network beyond that from various points of view. So I would attend real life events, but make sure that I connect with the speakers of those events, um, people who have shared their details in those events. So sometimes you have, you know, a chat group created before the event and I would connect with people there. So I've been basically connected to quite a few communities that have been important to me. So 
Women in Technology, for example, is a community that I connect with. Um, I'm into green tech startups, so I try to connect with green tech groups. And I also connect with people for the podcast, specifically for the podcast. And, you know, you talk about the podcast can be used for, for many things. I find it such a powerful strategic tool as well. So if you want to get into the space and knowledge of someone who you respect, who you admire, who you'd like to collaborate with, the podcast is such a great way to open the door. I mean, I seldom have people refusing to come onto my show. Some do, <laughs> but it seldom happens. And it, it almost doesn't matter how famous or infamous the person is. So, you know, I've had really, um, you know, millions of books type authors come onto my, onto my show. I've also had entrepreneurs who founded startups that are now being considered the next unicorns. So this was one of my most latest episodes. So it's been an incredible way to connect with people in a very real way. You're having a conversation, but you're also having side conversations before you start the recording, after you finish the recording, and you build a relationship with people. And in fact, one of the people that I interviewed, I found him on an Amazon documentary. I reached out to him because I said, okay, this guy's really interesting. I need to connect with him connected with him on LinkedIn, invited him to my show. I then invited him again to come to my community where I do some coaching and training to talk about his pivot because he made a pivot from films to banking to ecology. So he's now an ecologist. And I thought his story was so interesting. So I brought him into my community to talk as well. I connected him very recently with a, a lady that I met in Namibia who's trying to do something around agriculture in her country. And she she was looking for advice, so I connected them. It's such a powerful tool. Like you would not even believe how much access and power this has given to people around my yeah, community. No, a thousand percent. I don't know. I think because podcasting is so hot, even though it's been around, I think this year is the twentieth anniversary. I think people think it just popped up. I certainly did, <laughs> like maybe five years ago. But it is so so, so powerful. And I, again, and a, a wonderful story because do you think without the podcast, how would you say you still watch a documentary and you were still inspired by him? Do you think you would still reach out? I would not have had the bravery that, that I had something that he yeah. was interested in. And I mean, you know, I haven't, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I mean, the podcast has done incredibly well, surprised me, even though it does, it's not the highest listened to podcast out there. It has ranked in more than 36 countries. You know, it, it's had 60 something places or 60 something chart rankings, but in some countries twice, basically, or two different charts. Um, it's gotten to number one in four charts. It's gotten to number 10 in 15 charts. So it's done remarkably well. I'm also number seven in the UK for innovation podcast and number 12 for sustainability podcast. So with all of the success it's achieved, it has enabled me to open those doors as well because I could talk about those things and people understand that this is a credible yes. piece of work. And they want to um, be a part you know, it's of it. It's a global it. top 5% yeah. podcast. Yeah, and exactly. And people want to be a part. They want to support it as well. They like what I'm doing. They like that I've chosen a different mm -hmm. angle to the same story. So instead of you know just sharing scientific stuff about sustainability, it's really about personal stories and journeys. Um, and people really like that. Yes. Well, that's what podcasting is all about, right? Storytelling um, and sharing experience. But I absolutely love that. So anyone that's listening, I harp on about this a lot. 
I think going back to episode one, I talked about podcasting being a great marketing tool, but the power of podcasting, I just cannot put it into words. I don't know many people who will turn down unless they're really kind of up there, like the Oprah Winfrey's of the world, but we deal with normal people. So I don't know many normal people that will turn down the opportunity to share their story and share their advice and, you know, be in their zone of genius for 30, 45, 60 minutes. It's just not a thing. And I loved how you talk about strategy. I remember I was on a call with someone last year. That's when I really started to open my mind about the strategy piece, because she talked about when she's choosing guests for her podcast, Say, for example, in her mind, she might have an Oprah Winfrey. And then she would choose people that will eventually get her to that big ticket person. And I just thought, oh, yeah. I knew they had to be like, not just choose guests willy-nilly, but I just love how she did that. And I love your approach. You know, you're just watching an Amazon documentary one day. You thought, oh, my gosh, I need to have him on my podcast. And you're right. I think for me, without the podcast... I wouldn't reach out. I wouldn't connect with the people that I connect with. If I didn't have the podcast, I, I don't know. What would you, what do you lead with? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's the ultimate, like, you know, when they talk about speed dating, you know, it's that ultimate, you know, door <laughs> open up. <laughs> have a podcast. Come talk to me. Amazing. A hundred percent. Okay. So that is all great. So your love of LinkedIn began when you wanted to grow a personal brand. And I love that you said that because I think there's a common perception that LinkedIn is for professional people. I certainly thought that and to a certain extent still do, but it is fun. It is a great place to network, to meet people. And if your tribe, if your ideal client is on there, then you definitely need to be there. LinkedIn is not for everyone. If, for example, you work with artists, LinkedIn might not be the place that you need to be. There might be other platforms for you. I love how... It's helped your personal brand and I want other people to learn from you. So maybe we could talk about what are three tips or three strategies if people are scared of LinkedIn or unsure of where to get started. What are maybe the top three things that you could share with them today? I love that you suggested that this is a networking platform because it really is. And the same fear that you feel going to a networking event, people (laughs) probably feel with LinkedIn. Right. And it is literally like this 24 seven massive networking, open networking event. You can connect with literally anyone if you have the right entry line. Um, and if you've, you've thought through your strategy again about how to connect with them. But fundamentally, it is about building a network of meaning to yourself. And how I like to recommend building that network is to sort of split the people you connect with according to objectives in your business. So the first bit would be learning for yourself, for example. So if you want to learn, if you are in, like I am in sustainability, I want to learn about sustainability. I'm going to connect with people who are masters in this field, first of all, maybe 20% of my connections so that I'm benefiting from learning from the network. I'm also going to connect with people who are likely to need my services. And that will probably be another 60% of my connections. And then I'm going to connect with 20% who are friends or people I've worked with before, etc., who can give credibility to who I am as a person. And having this mix of people in your feed is really helpful to being able to curate 
a better network going forward as well to be able to learn and share and and have things that are relevant for the people who are following you etc and that's why it's so powerful right i think that unlike other social media you can get good reach no matter who you are so you don't have to have 10,000 followers to get good reach i've had a post i have 5,600 well at the time i had 5,000 followers and i did a post about facebook's metaverse and the post got over 70,000 views right i had i had something like <laughs> i remember looking at the data on the post and there was something like over 1,000 people from facebook looked at my profile over 500 people from google 400 wow. people from amazon as like <laughs> you know so, so and i have nothing to do with those fields but i really did have an opinion about about the metaverse and about facebook being a leader in this space because I felt as if there's a lot of things that Facebook still hasn't gotten right and the metaverse is going to take us further into a place where if you don't get things right you know it it can really ruin the experience for everyone so I wanted to share my thoughts and people wanted to hear my thoughts people wanted to read my thoughts right so I started to interact with people people were sending me DMs or commenting and we were having exchanges and because it was an important conversation to have and this is the kind of thing that could happen on LinkedIn that doesn't happen anywhere else like I've never experienced that on Facebook or Instagram ever um no matter what my opinion is so this is what I find amazing and incredible it's like a, it's really a platform for creators so they've actually started to beef up their creator team so they now have um people you can search for them if you go onto LinkedIn you can search for LinkedIn creators and they tend to reinforce the people who are showing up and doing good content on the platform. So that's that's one thing. It's like a massive networking event. The second thing is about um the content that you put out there. So your content is to give you credibility and and it's also to to give people insight into who you are as a personality. So as you talk about you feel that Instagram matches your personality best, LinkedIn can as well. You don't have to do what everyone else does on LinkedIn. You can do what you do. So for example, there are people who are doing reels now on LinkedIn. So of course they don't have a reels feature, it's just a video, but you do the same editing that you do in your in your editing tool for your reels and you post it to LinkedIn and and it has as much or the same amount of traction basically as something you would do on Instagram because video video is has reach, it has good reach on the platform. Maybe it doesn't have as high engagement, but it does have good reach and it just it's just a different way to show yourself. So why not you know there's no limit right now the lines are less uh, clear between instagram and linkedin in my view i think there's a lot of things that are crossing over and therefore it's worth your consideration and video is the future so <laughs> i think the way i was looking at linkedin was all wrong but it's good to know that they've got this they're building out this creator team and we're going to see some change i did see something recently i can't remember what it was But I know they're trying to, you know, keep up so to speak. They also want to do audio, so this is something that they want to rival Clubhouse with. So they are working on an audio demo. So I suppose some of us will probably just get a recommendation to join audio rooms platform. So it still has its um how should I say? What's different about it is that there's a bit of a invisible meritocracy thing going on <laughs> so they roll some things out to some people and not to others and it's not always clear why 
So whereas Instagram might tell you, you know, you get to 10,000 followers and you get X, Y, or Z, you're not clear on what the criteria is that you get or don't get a feature rolled out before someone else. So that's the one thing that I probably don't like. <laughs> it's this invisible rules. Um, but eventually it does come to everyone. All of the features do come to everyone. So for example, if you turn on creator mode on your profile on LinkedIn now, you can get lives. If you have a certain number of followers, I think it's over 150 followers, you can get lives, you can get um, newsletters, stuff like this. So all of these are great tools for the platform. And it, it's another thing to note about the platform. If you get to the point of having things like a newsletter, etc., it sort of reduces your need to, I say this with caution, it reduces your need to build your own email list because the newsletter literally arrives in someone's e- email inbox, right? So they get a notification on the platform on LinkedIn and they also get an email if they've subscribed to your newsletter. So it's incredibly powerful. It's just like having your email list. Of course, you don't want to give all the controls over to the platform because they can change their rules at any time. But as far as building trust with people goes, this is probably a nice way to do it, right? So you start with the newsletter, you give value, you show up, you make them laugh, whatever it is that's in it for you. But you make people see that you're someone who's credible and can be trusted. And then maybe they will move on to your other platforms and follow you there. So I think it's it's creating a lot of powerful ways to to connect and resonate with people. Yeah, I, I didn't know that actually. Do you use the newsletter facility then? I do. I do. So I, I just launched it last November, I think. So they rolled it out to a wider base of people around November, October. So I started then to produce my newsletter. It's called Green Business Development. I've done seven editions so far, or six editions, and I have 1,600 subscribers. To the newsletter itself. Yeah. Okay. And some of them, I think roughly half were following me already and half are completely new. Interesting. Which is interesting as well. Okay, so that's a massive tip. And I suppose it could work for podcasters. Would you recommend maybe, I'm trying to think, transcribing the episode absolutely that's what i'm doing yeah so i'm i'm actually taking the base as one episode and then fleshing Fleshing that out into a different type of article they don't make it exactly the same as the transcript but i do use a lot of the transcript to come up with a new form of content because i really want to drive a discussion or debate so i might change the direction and tone of the thing because of the podcast you know that someone's not going to respond yeah, to you true, um true. You know, whereas whereas with the newsletter you can actually drive a conversation at times so yeah that's amazing but i need to backtrack a little bit because something you said blew my mind 60% ideal clients 20% family friends old colleagues, etc. And then the other, the last 20% was, reminds me, collaboration or, or influencers. Right. Based. So my question was, because <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of posts from social media gurus across the platforms, suggesting that you post or comment on your competitor's post. I will be honest, don't judge me, listeners, don't judge me. But if I see someone, it happened just this week, someone doing exactly the same thing as me, trying to connect, especially on LinkedIn, I will just remove the connection. Am I wrong? What am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) 
I, yeah, so I, I think you have to weigh and balance it, like I said. So if you end up, for example, like this annoying thing that happens all the time, right? You have these people with the title of lead generation specialist connecting with you on LinkedIn. That happens all the time. For me, I really don't need more lead generation specialists on my LinkedIn. So I don't accept them because it's just seriously. Um, and they're not necessarily people. They, they spend a lot of time in the DMs. They don't spend a lot of time interacting with your feed. So I don't connect with those people because I don't find them beneficial to to what I'm doing on the platform. They're not giving me knowledge I don't have or anything like this. Um, but when it comes to people who are doing the same thing, I definitely connect with some of them, right? You can't make your whole feed full of this, but you do connect with some of them because actually you and that person are probably more advanced in that conversation than other people. So if you have a discourse on on whatever it is, if it's on your feed and, and just comments, etc. It's actually more interesting for the people following you both. So I think it's quite useful to do. It's quite useful to have that. And it's also, it also puts you in, let's call it the algorithms logic. So if someone is connecting with someone who is a sustainability coach, they will probably recommend that they connect with me as well. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. That is how it works. So yeah, so you kind of have to think about the algorithm too. Like I said, you know, you don't have to go to the length of, you know, having half your feet like that. I think it's just too much, right? But make sure that it's someone you respect. Check them out, evaluate, you know, and and make sure that it's it's worth your time and try to to engage. And if you find that you're engaging and they're not responding Mm. or their content isn't useful to you or anything, you can then unfollow afterwards. That's another thing that's not entirely obvious on the platform. So it's not as easy as on Instagram to follow unfollow. So what people think they need to do is block the connection or or remove the connection, but you can unfollow. If you go to the section at the side panel that says kind of hashtags and people that you follow, etc. If you go in there, you can turn off following people without disconnecting from them. And um, I think that's a great way to manage it because then you haven't <laughs> you haven't burned your personal relationship in any way. But maybe you just don't want to see something on your feed. And you could do this when things come up on your feed as well. Yes, I do that. Okay, I don't want to yeah. see this type of content. And I think that's it's good for every social media platform. Basically, don't show me this ad anymore. I'm not interested in this person anymore. Or show me yeah, more like this. No, definitely. <laughs> you know, and you train the algorithm a bit manually, but you tell the algorithm what yeah. you like. And the follow, unfollow. The person won't know. So for anyone listening, thinking, oh, they might come and question me. 99.9%, unless they're really sitting there watching their followers and who has time for this, like every day, they honestly won't know. Okay, so we've got lots of great stuff there. Anything else that you'd like to add? I guess with LinkedIn, I want people to understand something fundamental. It's it's not quite Pinterest, but it's an incredibly good search algorithm as well, a search platform mm. as well. So if you update your profile enough with the keywords that are relevant for what you want to be found for, you can be found, right? And that's that's an important part of LinkedIn to me, the fact it's a search engine. They now have this feature called services. As a freelancer, you can update the kind of services that you do. And that is also searchable. So if you if you click on the search bar, you typically get 10 things. You get things like posts. So you can search on posts. You can search on jobs. You can search on people. You can search on companies. You can search on services now. You can also search on events, uh, learning. You can search on, on various different things. So making sure that you have enough in your profile 
that it maps to the kind of places that you could be found, it's really important because that's a, a key part of using the platform. The other thing is that, again, it's a networking thing. So what you're looking for is referrals there, right? So you're looking to, to be referred to people and you can do this with posts as well. So one of the things that I did last year was to um, to post that I'm building my season four of my podcast around COP26. And I was interested in people who wanted to speak about COP26. And I asked my audience and followers to recommend people to me. And so they started tagging people in and actually those people became connections. And then some of them have been guests on my podcast. So this is a really great way to use this networking tool. And those conversations lead to conversations, right? So I would also say, you know, I think you said that your word for this year was intentional. Am I right? Yes, indeed it is. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so I think intentionality is important for, for this as well. So you have to know. <laughs> okay. So, so I think intentionality is important for this as well. So you have to know any post that you're doing like that, where you're asking for engagement, etc. you have to know what you're going to do with it. And, you know, if it is that your plan is to attract people that you could work with in the future, then you have to have that in your pipeline. Like you, the first engagement is this, the second engagement will be this, the third engagement will be this, and you build toward getting them to work with you. If your goal is just to have them on your podcast, that's fine too, but know your intention and map the course for that intention beforehand so that you have an idea of how to steer the conversation. Interesting. Okay, two things. Number one, as you mentioned the profile, I wondered if you could do a quick synopsis of what should be included, because I need to update mine. I keep chopping and changing. I've seen some that are really quite catchy, and then there's others that are just very, who I work with, how I help them, just very clear in that way. What is your strategy? So the first thing I would say is like mm. a web page, because LinkedIn is basically like your web page as well. Your first quarter of that page is very important, just like it is on your website. So the first thing people see is your picture. So people tend to like to have pictures where they're standing up and you can hardly see the face. That's a waste of time. Show your face and smile, right? And make sure that people engage with that face because that face already communicates something to them. The next is the banner behind you. So that's already communicating a lot of things. You can't turn them off, <laughs> right? So you want to make sure that that banner is is inviting or communicating a message so that people understand why visiting your profile is worth their time. So those are two really important spaces. The next important space is the first words or what we call the headline, but the first 50 characters of that headline will show up on every single comment you make. It will show up wherever your name appears on the profile. So you want to make sure that those 50 characters are optimized for what you want people to know about you, right? So I say to people, a lot of people have now, I help so-and-so do so-and-so. I find that so exceptionally boring. I'm sorry. No, but I can't. <laughs> but I probably, you're a writer, you see. But for people like me, who are just a bit <laughs> stuck, I just, I don't know what else to write. <laughs> So what I recommend in this space is two things. You need to establish your credibility, typically, in that space. And you also need to get something catchy that makes them want to read more. Right? That's basically how I do it. So my first line is actually the wing woman yeah. to your genius. People want to read more, right? So, so that's where I start. I talk about being a CEO. I talk about having an MBA in my name, actually. So I give myself some credibility at the name level. 
But then the first line says, when women see a genius. And then people want to figure out... What's your what, genius? What, yeah. What <laughs> yeah. How can she help me? Okay, that's a really, really good tip. <laughs> what I would love to see in LinkedIn is clickable links. So like in my profile, and I think, I don't know if you do it, but quite a few people might put the link to their website or the link to book a call. Do people use that facility? Like, would they literally copy and paste and go through that process? Like, have you attracted people who've contacted you on LinkedIn in that way? So if you're using features, they don't need to copy and paste anything. Like if you use features, like you've posted something to your feed, for example. So I definitely recommend, um, you know, doing a couple posts where you post a link and then saving it to your features. You know, maybe the post gets ignored, but at least it's there if people are looking to connect with you urgently. And yes, I really think make that space accessible. So what I mean by that, some people say, you know, you can pitch an immediate service or maybe an entry level service. And that's okay, I guess. But I would typically put, like you say, um, my link tree so they Mm. can book in a meeting with me. I also put my podcast so they can they can find out about my podcast. And maybe I will feature one of my latest posts. So if my post is very relevant, I might feature that for a while so that people can engage with it, Um, especially if I do a live. So if I do a live, I do lives maybe once every two weeks on LinkedIn. I would normally feature the live so that people can go back to it. They have an easy reference to go back to it as well. Okay, that's really helpful, actually. I do use featured, but um, probably not as much as I should. Now I'm starting to think, like you said, as a website, this is all learnings. This is why I wanted to have you on the show, because... LinkedIn's a bit alien to me. <laughs> so I'm like the listeners. I'm learning so much here. Okay, so we've covered profile, engagement, connections. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? What works well? We talked a little bit about video and just being yourself. I think that's the other thing because of that perception. And I'm talking from my own experience, from myself, the perception that LinkedIn is, you know, suit and tie and stuffy there's certain things that we feel that we shouldn't do. And I found it interesting what you said about the videos from Reels. I have seen a couple of people, but I thought that they were downloading the video and sticking it on LinkedIn. And I thought, are you allowed to do that? Like copyright? But you're right. It is a different platform, but you can still have fun with it. I think authenticity is really, really important. And even if it's unpopular. So, <laughs> so I'll give you an example. I started a discussion that I knew would not be popular. So this topic of Novak Djokovic, I don't know if you've <laughs> you've heard what's no. going on with him in the Australian oh, Open. No. So he's he's not vaccinated, but he contracted COVID before the tournament so that he can get to the point of immunity to attend the tournament. So he was making a case for for people basically choosing to my body, my choice, and trying to <laughs> I see the look on your face already. So, <laughs> so so basically, this is this is challenging because I am vaccinated. I am triple vaccinated, but I do believe that people have a right to choose what happens to their body. I really believe in that. It's the same argument that we make. Maybe it's not exactly the same argument, but it's the same argument women make about a lot of things. So I think it should apply to everyone. I also think that we need to preserve our communities, right? So, and this is the argument behind vaccination for everyone is that, you know, we want to make the public health safer. If it is that you can get immunity through contracting the virus, then people who have chosen not to be vaccinated 
should be contracting the virus, should be separating themselves from us while they they build their immunity, etc. And then they should be legitimate parts of society. So I don't believe in apartheid for any reason, right? Whether it be, you know, vaccine, not vaccine, um, skin color, whatever it is. I don't believe in that sort of segregation. But I know that this is a sensitive topic because there's so many people who are, you know, opposed to anti-vaxxers. And there are some anti-vaxxers that I don't appreciate either because they behave just like vaxxers who want the other person to, to follow their way of being, right? So anything that forces people apart to me isn't great. And we should be able to have conversations about these things and people should be able to bring their case. And I think that the law always lags behind the reality, right? So this is the case in this situation. Like I do think that Novak is someone who is in supreme health. He does not eat meat. He does not do a lot of the things that we do that are poor to our bodies. So it's like, I need to be vaccinated because I'm not in the best of health, but he's in a lot better health than me. So the odds that he will get sick and end up in hospital are quite low. In fact, I think he's contracted it twice now. He's not ended up in hospital. So it does suggest that it's not the same. You can't use the same brush for everyone. Right. So, so I think it's worth the debate, but I think this kind of difficult conversation isn't always, um, people don't always want to associate themselves with it. So it's not a post that gets me a lot of engagement, but it gets me a lot of views because people are reading it. So people are reading to see the opinion, but they're not putting their name against it because they don't want to be, they don't want to be into the well, mess. <laughs> I don't know. I think from a poster point of view, I probably wouldn't share certain things because of trolls. I know that sounds awful, but there are people out there I, thank God, haven't had to, I mean, I barely post anything <laughs> that's like argumentative, but or controversial. But yeah, for me, I'll be worried about what some idiot comes along and says. I think definitely you're 100% right. Be your authentic self and speak to where you want to speak to. But it's interesting you said that not many people engage, but the views, you can see that people are watching it. And, you know, even if you, you not inspire, you get someone to think about something in a different way even if they were thinking about it negatively and you made it positive, whichever which way it swings, it's a good thing. And it's all about making an impact on the world. So um, I need to now Google that story because I didn't realise that was, I try not to read the news, it's ever so depressing. But yeah, that sounds yeah. quite interesting. <laughs> so I'll have a read. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, the story is actually going a lot crazier than that. But, um, you know, from the principles of vaccine versus not vaccine, like I understand where he's coming from. I think there are some other things that he's done incorrectly in terms of his decision making, which I think he will need to pay for at some point. Gosh, enough. Um, but definitely from a vaccine, not vaccine story, yeah. I think that there's, it's worth a discussion. And this is the thing about people in, celebrity status right because they've got everyday people watching them and I don't know if they realize or care the influence that they have so I don't know the full story but I will definitely educate myself after this call but essentially LinkedIn is not a scary place it is a massive networking event have intention have strategy and I apologize to anyone who I've ignored and not accepted their connection, who's kind of doing the same thing as me. I won't do that again. I will be, you know, inquisitive 
and open to that connection. But thank you so much, Catherine, for sharing all your LinkedIn wisdom and telling us a little bit about your background and your podcast. I know you have a free guide, so I'd love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about it. I have a LinkedIn masterclass, actually. So um, I go through all of the tips that I've given you here, as well as some more um, on that masterclass, which you can access at any point. You can also get involved with my podcast, Where Ideas Launch, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn, actually. (laughs) So I'm always open to connection from people. So (laughs) please do reach out. Fantastic. Well, I will make sure that I have the links for the masterclass and, of course, all your social media in the show notes so that people can access them. So thank you once again, and we will speak soon. And thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.